Beautiful day out there, wasn't it? Somebody just looked at me and Fabian said, somebody is speaking and someone's opening. So I said, I'll open. Anyway, I don't know if you got that. But. This is in Luke. We know the scripture. I think it might have been the end of what was on the, the theme last year. But it, I'm just going to read a part of it. It says, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will they give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask of him? Which is preceded by, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I have found that there needs to be more asking and seeking and knocking in my life. And I have found that I have never found the door not to be opened. I have never not found. Uh, we have a father that is really not just waiting, but has already made a provision that is ready. It's not like he gets something ready for us when we ask of him, but we find him. That's the most important thing when we ask. Sometimes we ask for something. I find myself, you know, trying to grow out of asking for things. But we are to ask and to seek. That's a principle that we have uh, that the Lord is. It's all through. It's all through the word. It's all through, you know, specifically what Jesus said. But uh, there is a we have been given uh, a new life without anything that we did. But then there is a response that we are to have as we grow. And the principle is we are to seek and we are to ask. <clears throat> and the Lord has promised that he gives us back more and abundantly beyond what we could even think about. I can imagine a lot of things. But the Lord usually is working on a level that is far beyond what we're looking for. I don't know that uh, everybody was here for... The openings this week, but I was very blessed by them, and uh, in particular with uh, what uh, Amaris uh, shared. I was texting with her a little bit last night. I was very blessed just with uh, just the honest uh, presentation of coming to a place where you know the Lord is looking to give you something that may be different than you would like for Him to give you. It may be greater than what you are asking for, um, because we like some answers for things that are very uh, definite, you know, there's, there's things we'd like to have answered that are specific, that are physical, mental, you know, emotional struggles we'd like to have answered. And if you're one of those, there's so many here, but in those long-term situations to really come to peace with the fact that the Lord has your good in mind and that he is giving you something that is more than maybe even what you can imagine, uh, that is a place of maturity to come to that is very important. Because uh, great disappointment can come when you think that the Lord should give you something specific that you want. So we, we want to bring open hearts tonight. We want to bring hearts that are expectant of a good father uh, who is at work in our lives more than we even know. We're waking up to the work that is going on in our lives. But he truly is not going to give us a, 
stone when we ask for a fish. He's not going to give us a closed door when we knock on a door. The Lord is at work really in, in a way beyond. He's at work in Kathy's life beyond what any of us can know. He cares about her more than any of us can know. He cares about Amherst and the headaches and all the, all the needs with our kids that are here. He's not ever forgetting about those people or slipping off their list. This, the Holy Spirit is, is well aware of those things. But I was just thinking today how important it is to come with a heart that is ready in faith to ask and to seek. Don't stop asking and seeking because you do come to know your father, as David spoke on last Saturday. That is what he's after, us knowing him, us having him. That's far better than anything else. Amen? Let's gather in faith and worship. And feel free just to pack into the sanctuary over here. You know, we, the fewer that are outside the Iron Curtain, the better it is.
Amen. Good to be here tonight. I have printed some notes. Something that I could see. I don't know where I left them. So, you should be thankful. <clears throat> As I am too. <clears throat> um, I guess uh, if you wanted to uh, find a theme in case I lose it. <laughs> what did he say? Okay, I want to tell you. Um, God knows how to carry his children. Um, right? <clears throat> that, that's what I want to, hopefully will be the central part of what I talk about. Um, but, uh, you know, it, we have a good father, and Gabe started out with that, that, um, that knows how to give good gifts to his children. And for that, we're thankful um, that, um, that he knows what we need, and he knows how to give us the things that we need. We sometimes ask, incorrectly, <laughs> ask for the wrong thing, and aren't you thankful that God doesn't always give you everything that you ask for? Um, sometimes it takes years to realize that, man, that would have been a mistake. Um, and, um, but, uh, but we have a good God that knows how to give us, give us good gifts and knows, most importantly, what we need and what it's going to take to get us to the full completion of what he intended from the very start. Um, and, um, you know, I feel that uh, this is more uh, just a, uh, <clears throat> a reminder uh, of things that we've said. I mean, most of the things that we talk about are just a rehearsal of, of things that we've known and we've heard, and hopefully it'll touch uh, a struggle or somewhere where you are. If not, just pray for me. Um, because I need it. Uh, just the, the recognition that, uh, that we do have a father that knows uh, where we are and how to take us to where he intended from the very beginning. I think uh, Abel was uh, very clear last week. Uh, he, he made a point at, at, some, at some point during the word to say that God knows how to fulfill his purpose in us. Being, being you know, something like that. His purpose, not, not, not what we intended, uh, but what what God intended for us, He will perform it in our lives. And that can, we can be confident um, of that. Uh, you know, so I, I've been thinking about this thing that uh, we have a father that knows uh, how to carry his children. Um, just like any one of us, you know, that have children, uh, we've done the best that we can, but it was never in our intention to deal wrongly with them. Um, we have, I know. <laughs> um, but it, it, that, that wasn't what we intended and what we wanted. Um, it, was, it was for good. And 
Um, there's absolutely no comparison there. Uh, that's just the heart of a natural father. Um, now we have a God who does know how to raise children, and he does know how to, how to grow us into that person that he wants us to be, and that he's uh, really, more than anything, uh, just the faithfulness that he is bringing us and working that in us so that we are uh, turning out, I guess for better, for lack of a better word, into his image, into what he intended uh, for, from the very start. And that, uh, you know, that encourages me um, that, um, that uh, besides all the chaos and all the crud that is around us, that in the midst of all that, there's a specific thing that God is working with each one of us individually to bring forth that fruit or that image of himself through us. Um, and that, that is, you know, that gives us hope. Um, and, you know, um, hopefully we recognize more and more, as Amaris said it on Monday, um, that um, during, during the, the happenings, during those things, that is God's hand that, that is working with us and, uh, and, and that he's bringing good fruit through that process. So I want to go to Isaiah 46. Um, Verse uh, 3 says, uh, <clears throat> Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age, I am he. And even to your whole hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear and I will carry and I will deliver you. You know, that's a lot of uh, I will do's. You know, and, and, and throughout, it doesn't matter from what age, it's just even all the way to your old age. He is going to carry you and he's going to be there and he's going to bear you and he's, uh, he's going to deliver you. Um, through all, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a promise. Verse, uh, verse 5, it says, To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that I may be alike? And, um, you know, uh, you actually, reading through, uh, we're going to go to chapter 40 here in a little bit, but reading through some of Isaiah, God... God asked that question a lot, a lot. you know, who, who, you, who, who do you compare me with? Uh, who do you think I am like? Because we have an image of what God should be like. And that image usually defaults to us, to a human being. Or we compare it to something good. Uh, and that's not what God is, is all about. Uh, there is absolutely no comparison uh, to anyone that can be like him. Or would be like him. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of cuts out any, any option of, of, try, of, of trying to figure out, well, this is what God will be like. 
because there is no comparison. Uh, there is uh, no, no one that we can liken him to. And then um, uh, skip down to <clears throat> verse, um, to verse in my other notes. Um, uh, <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. There we go. Verse 8. Remember this and show yourself men, bringing it again to mind, O you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring, here's the thing, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not, that are yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I think I'm reading a different version. Uh, King James Version says, is that, is that it? Okay. Whoa, I didn't know I had such a Bible. Um, <clears throat> Isn't it exciting to know that from the very beginning, from the likes of you and me, God declared it, what you were going to be like at the end, what you would be like? Isn't that like, it, it, you know, doesn't it give you hope that, oh my God, I'm not stuck in what I am today and who I am and what I seem to, what seems to come out of here, um, that, that, that God declares something else while you were not that. God is a master at doing that. You know, more and more, it's just, it just seems that God just thrives on, on taking what's wrong to make it right. <laughs> or, or, or taking what's ugly to make it something beautiful and just the opposite. Um, and you know, that, that's hopeful that, that uh, when you look at yourself, if you look at yourself with open eyes, to realize that this is not who I am to be at the end of all this. That, that God has already declared from the very beginning, even looking at who you are, to be something different than what you are. To be something else um, than what you, we seem to sometimes, that seems to come out of us. God has declared that from the very beginning. And he says that, that he's going to do it. I will do it. I will perform it. You know, there is evidence that when God says that he's going to do something, he does it. He, he doesn't mess with that. <laughs> he does what he says he's going to do. And that means you and me um, have a hope to not be stuck in the natural man that we are caught ourselves in. We're not stuck there. Yeah, sometimes we act a lot like it. Sometimes, you know, that's what comes out. But, but that's, you know, and, and then the things that plague us, those things have an end. Because God has declared it. And, um, um, you, know, and, and, you know, Nelson said it this morning. Um, we say it a lot, you know, and, and there's nothing we can do to change who we are. Um, there, there's nothing that, 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 uh, that we perform Nothing that we say. Uh, there isn't anything out there that anyone can help us to be something different uh, than, than you know, what we are. Yet, that's not the end of the road. Um, because uh, God is working with us to be 
something other than what we are, to be like him. And, and that's, that's the work that he's doing. And I hope that, um, uh, you know, to convey this, because I need this, that, that the, the, the things that we're involved in and the reactions that we have and the things that we face every day, um, that God is working with that. He is working with that. He's in the midst of that to bring forth what he is desiring out of all of us. You're not a lost case. I'm not a lost case. Um, our children are not a lost case. It, regardless of what it looks like outwardly, there's a working that is happening that is eternal and it's invisible. And that's the most frustrating part is the invisibility of it. Um, and the fact that we don't always recognize uh, the work of God in the midst of that. But um, it's, uh, it's important that we start recognizing and trusting in the work that God is doing. Um, so that we don't lose hope and sight that, that there is something else happening. That there is something else that God is working with. Yes, even through that, that is going to bring good fruit. And... Uh, <clears throat> You know, um, well, I'll get to that, but um, I think I wanted to read a couple more things here. So verse, we read verse 10, verse 11, it says, Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man uh, that executed my counsel from the far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. And here it is. I have purposed it. And I will also, also do it. He's spoken it. He purposed it. And he's going to do it. It doesn't matter, you know, it says here, a ravenous bird from the far east. Or my man of counsel from afar off. It, it, we can't liken, we can't see what God is doing. We can't always picture it. It doesn't always come in the form that we wanted it to be. Yet, we can't discount that as not being the work of God. And I'm talking about in your life and in my life. You know, um, just trying to make it personal <laughs> to, to, where, to where we are. Um, because it's important that we, that we recognize that in the process. Um, not that we'll be perfect in it, but that, that uh, there is a trust and a confidence in a God that it is producing a good work. You know, just like just thinking about fathers carrying their children and, you know, summer's coming and uh, a lot of the kids want to jump in the pool. Not all children want to jump in the pool. Some of them are a little bit hesitant to go in, and eventually a lot of them, you know, can't keep them away. But, um, but have you noticed how the children that are fearful, they like to go in with their parents, their fathers, their mothers, and they hardly ever want to go with anybody else. Even if you're in the pool swimming and having a good time and laughing with them, I know this by experience, hurtful, but still, um, you'll ask them, come, come with me, come with me, and eh, no. You know, they just want to be right there with their father. 
Because there's a trust and a confidence in that person that they're, they're going to be okay. Um, and <clears throat> I think they're, you know, worth recognizing that um, as hard as it is that, that there's always a work happening on the inside, in the invisible realm. Um, and that we should be slow to judge <clears throat> because, because it's God the one that is at work. And it's him the one that, is, that he actually is doing something. It may not look like that on the outside, but his work is happening. And sometimes we recognize that with one another, but we're not so patient with ourselves. Um, uh, because, you know, we know ourselves and we, and we know what we think and we know what we say and the evidence is there against that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Gabe said something important here in the beginning. He said, don't stop asking God. <laughs> don't stop asking God. Um, there is something that we can do. <laughs> there is, you know, th this God does want us to co-labor with him. Uh, and, and what we can't do is not going to get anything done of our own. But when we join with him, and, you know, Brother Bill said it hundreds of times, if, if all we have to do is present ourselves, come before him and say, God, here I am again. A weak, broken vessel. A fa failure. Don't know how to perform. But, you know, it, I do think that God does recognize that coming back. And coming back. And even if we fall. And even if we judge ourselves. We judge those around us. That we come back and say Lord here I am again. And I know that you are doing a work. And I'm going to get up one more time. If you give me the strength. Because sometimes we don't even have the strength to do that. But, but God knows how to give the sufficient strength. For you to even say those words. For you to even give it one more try. <clears throat> but, it, you know, it does take a recognition of the work that he's doing and going back. Lord, I don't see it. I don't see it. My eyes are in unbelief. But that doesn't mean that your work is not being processed and being done in the midst of that. <clears throat> I want to go to chapter 40. Verse 1, it says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she had received of the, Lord, of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. That's a good thing. The voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. That's great. But that's, you know, that's what God is doing. He's, he's leveling everything. Uh, he's he's going to make... 
the crooked places straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God has declared that that's what he's going to do. <clears throat> I want to go to verse um, 10. It says, Behold, the Lord, will, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them into his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Uh, <clears throat> that's the kind of father that, that we're dealing with. He knows, he knows how to gently lead the young. And that's every one of us. He knows how to carry us. He knows how to lead us. He knows how to straighten the crooked places. Verse um, 18. Again, here it is. To whom then will you liken God? Or to what likeness will you compare unto him? The workman melted a graven image, and the goldsmith spread it over with gold and casted silver chains. And, you know, it goes on uh, um, talking about building your own images because that's what we <laughs> tend to go to when we don't see what God is doing. Um, but um, verse uh, 21, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circles of the earth and the, and the inhabitants. There are, they are as grasshoppers that stretches, who, that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as tent to, dwelling in, to dwell in. That bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them as stubble. Then again, who are you going to liken him like? Who will he be equal like? The Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who had, who had created these things that bring it out, the, their host by number, he calleth them all by name, by the greatness of his might, that he is strong in power, no one faileth. God is strong in power, and no one fails from that. There is so much going our way <laughs> to trust that, and you know, Brother Bill has been saying that, that you can't fail. <clears throat> and the work of God in us cannot fail. It's going to bring forth fruit. It's going to do its work. It's going to bring to fruition what he intended it from the beginning. 
But that's his work in us, working in us. And, you know, that's why we can have confidence in that. It's not our work. If it was our work, you know, it was gone a long time ago. But it's the work of God working in you that is going to do that work in you to fulfill that which God has promised and intended from the very beginning. You know, that's, that is the, the assurance that we have. It's not, it's not that, you know, in, in us, is you know, um, um, I don't really want to get into what I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> aren't you glad? Um, but just the certainty and the trust that there can be because you know that there's a father that has an intention and that is the work that he's performing and that because it is his work, it's always going to bring forth the right kind of fruit. It's not about the trust in me or what I can do. I, I, can, I can guarantee you that I will fail. I will sin. I will go the wrong way. But the grace of God... When it's with me, it always brings me to a higher place, to a better place. He may deal with me in the process. He will deal with me. He will work something. But it'll always, if he's working with me and if I'm going to him, it'll always bring you, brings you to a place of fruit, of fruition, of completeness. In the, because it's a trust in the work that he's doing and not in the work of our own selves, of our own minds. And, um, you know, um, that, that's, um, his work doesn't fail. I love that line, that his work doesn't fail. In verse uh, 29, it says, he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. You may feel like a failure. You may feel like you don't have any strength. But God, then is when God is the one that gives the power and the strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. They that, they that go to Him. God takes over. So that it doesn't become a work of your own hands. But a work that He is performing in your life. Which is an eternal work. It's a good work. It's the work that, bring for, that brings forth the fruit that he intends from the beginning. I, um, you know, we sing this song, uh, Fear Not, right? For I am with you. We sang it for a long time. Fear not, for I am with you. I am Lord your God. When you walk through the water, yeah, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, you will not burn. You know, I. It's not. I'm not saying, 
in case you thought I might be, that there, that there isn't anything we can do, that there isn't anything that, that you know, God doesn't take you from point A to point Z. <laughs> he doesn't just pick you up. And when I talk about God carrying us, it's not him avoiding or helping us avoid our life, the things that happen to us. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I like that, that song, which, you know, it's, it's based on scripture. <laughs> that, uh, that, that you're not, you walk through the water, you're not going to drown. When you go in the deep water, you won't drown. When you go through the fire, you're not going to burn because he is with you. God is with us to help us walk through our life and not allow us to be drowned, not allow us to be burned, not allow us, allow us to fail at the end of that process. Um, I, wanna, I want us to recount um, the life of Joseph a little bit. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that and I read some of it. Um, because there's a lot of uh, similarities in our life and the things that we face every day that compare are very similar to what Joseph went through. And um, I, I just want us to recount some of the things that he went through um, so that we can identify with the work that God is doing in all our, our lives. But... <clears throat> And, you know, you can help me um, if you feel. But Joseph grew up in a community. He had 12, 11 siblings. So it kind of feels like it probably felt like a community. But Joseph grew up and um, we're all extremely familiar with it. And that's why I just wanted to recount some of the things that happened to him. Um, but we're, we're all familiar with the fact that, you know, he, he was probably a bit arrogant, smart aleck, um, and started having those dreams of his brethren's, his brothers serving him. And he, I don't know if he was just ignorant or, or what, but he thought such a bright idea to gather everybody and tell them this great dreams that he had. Um, and um, that was, you know, on top of that, you know, it says that uh, his father loved him, um, which might have shown favoritism towards him. And his older siblings didn't seem to appreciate that. Um, but um, he, you know, we're all... We're familiar. His, his dad, his brothers went out to take care of the sheep and hadn't come back for a while, so his father was concerned. Obviously, his, his father loved the rest of them as well. Sometimes we get the impression that he was the only one his father loved. Um, but actually, uh, uh, Jacob, right? Yeah. Um, you can see there and then later on, you know, that he was in pain because of... Uh, uh, later at the end of the story, when, when Joseph keeps Simeon, I believe it was, or Judah, 
Was it Simeon? Back. And Joseph, and, and Joseph uh, I mean, uh, Jacob was not happy. He, I mean, he did not want to let go of Benjamin because he had already lost Joseph. He had already lost Simeon. And now, you know, the younger one. Obviously, there was a love connection there with the rest of the children. And I, I read somewhere, I can't remember where, but that uh, his brethren were, uh, were men of honor. They were uh, uh, gifted men um, and recognized. You know, that's why when Joseph was sent to look for his brothers and, and you know, see what was happening, uh, you know, it says that he went to some town and asked this person and he said, oh, they went this direction. Um, they, they, people knew who they were. Um, seemed to have a good reputation. Probably the reason why his father took them at their word when they said that, you know, they didn't know what happened to him. But here's a coat that is covered in blood. How that happened never came up in all those years. I have no idea. But, but anyway, um, but we can all identify with the Joseph that was thrown in the pit unfairly, unjustifiably, right? I mean, he, maybe he deserved something, but not being thrown in a pit. Are we in agreement there so far? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sure that many of us have felt treated unfairly. And that is just not right. You know, what they did to me is not right. Shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't be happening here, of all places. Should never happen in a place like this. And, you know, he was thrown in there by his own brothers. The people that he trusted, probably next, you know, besides his dad, more than anybody else. They're the ones that threw him there. And obviously God is making a point with all of us. Um, but um, then Joseph gets out of there and he gets, you know, sold instead of killed, which I guess sold is better than being killed to, to the Amalekites, right? And, um, and then he does well. And isn't it that how God deals with us? You know, he, he deals with us and then we're fruitful. We do better. Things start going our way. We're blessed. God breeds on us. And so that happens. And then the whole thing happens where I think he goes to another household. He even, he becomes in charge of everything that is in the house, everything that the owner, then he gets in trouble for something that he didn't fully do, I think. Anyway, says that he, and he gets thrown in prison for that. Again, unfair. Shouldn't happen. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it, unfortunately, the Bible doesn't tell us how, you know, what, what, what Joseph was learning through all this. You know, the lessons that he learned and that he gained from all these experiences. But... <clears throat> 
God was working in all that. He was doing something that even Joseph didn't recognize it because God blessed him there too. And then he had his hopes high. And, you know, we know the story of, of the baker and the butler. And, you know, how he had the interpretation. And he was like, hey, remember me when this happens. And he got forgotten again. God working and dealing in unfair situations that just don't seem right. But God's work was always there to bring to something a work in the likes of Joseph. And, uh, you know, um, I just want to read in chapter 45 of Genesis. And we all are extremely familiar with all these verses. But I felt important to just rehearse this. And so, you know, we're, we're all familiar with how Joseph deals with his brothers and how, you know, the, he, what I said earlier about, you know, make work, figuring out a way to bring Benjamin. Um, and uh, <clears throat> verse uh, chapter 45. So when Joseph finally tells his brothers in ver verse one who he is. Verse 2, it says, And he wept out loud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, that my father yet live. And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And I bet that they were. But recognize that it wasn't just Joseph that God, God was working with here. The, his brothers probably needed this just as much to know that there was forgiveness for them. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieve, grieved, nor angry with yourselves. And you know, this is what I'm trying to get to. Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Anytime we can recognize that we're in the place that we're in because God put us there. Not because of other people. Not because of what they're doing to me. Those things may seem wrong. They could very well be wrong. They are wrong. But it's still God the one that has brought us to that place. And, you know, that, that's where I'm saying, God, help me to recognize that, that that's, that's your work happening there. And then uh, verse uh, <clears throat> 6, it says, For this two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be... I uh, can't see that word. Earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. You know, somewhere in all that, God did a work in Joseph. I wish that we could pinpoint this is where he did it <laughs> and skip to that. 
But there was something in Joseph that he got it. It wasn't my brethren. It wasn't them that did this to me. It was God. And he had a purpose far greater than anything I could have ever expected. You know, he just saw, he, he thought these dreams were the greatest things he had ever seen. But God had something way beyond that. And it took all that process, all those days in the pit, being with strangers, in prison. God was always working something in order for this to come out of him. In order for him to say, it's not you, it was God. And it needed to happen. It needed to happen in order for God to bring a deliverance. Because that's what God is doing. He's delivering all of us. And he's bringing deliverance. We're, we're freeing one another by allowing the work of God to deal with us. You may be on the opposite side of this. On the accuser side. On the one taking him to jail. God is still working there. You know, I'm not saying that we should practice that. All I'm saying is, and in the midst of all that, we are sometimes on the wrong side of this. We're sometimes on the wrong side. We don't know where we are. But we know that God is at work to bring a great deliverance to one another. We take away from that deliverance when we don't allow that work to happen. When we shorten the work that he's doing in all of us. And um, I want to close by reading in uh, Hebrews. I want to be like Abel. Last week he, he said he likes to close by reading in Hebrews 10. This time, that time, he wanted to read in Hebrews 11 because that was better. I'm going to go to 13 just because I don't want him to surpass me again. I wish I could be like Abel. But there's one verse here in Hebrews 13. Not six game. <clears throat> Verse twenty. Now to God, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do you know this perfection comes for something to do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight that's what God is doing he is making us working in us that which is well pleasing to him the product of the work of God is to make us well-pleasing to Him. That's why the pit is important. That's why being thrown unfairly 
Sometimes. Sometimes we deserve it and we just don't know it. But all those things, God is working in us to make us well-pleasing to Him. Because that's the whole goal. To be able to honor Him and please that, you know, He, he would be able to say, I am well-pleased with the work that you do. Thank you, Lord, that he, that he knows how to carry us there. That He knows how to bring us from what we are. And that from the very beginning, He declared it. This is what I want to do. And He's performing that in us. Not by bypassing all that, but by carrying us through those things. So that His work does bring forth the fruit that He intended it. Amen. Did a good job with all your notes. Yeah, really. Um, the, uh, you know, I love the, this great scriptures in the Bible he referred to and, and read a bunch of them tonight, but he, he referred to... Um, about uh, in Isaiah 43, uh, walking through the water and through the fire, um, and I, I, you know, I just have to be honest about that. I would prefer that this could happen without those events, and um, that's really what religion is made of: is that we give mental assent to stuff that God can do. And God really wants to demonstrate this through us. And so he gives us things in our lives that we have no capacity to walk through ourselves. Um, and <clears throat> so that he can demonstrate the kind of father he is and actually his capacity to carry us. And it's amazing, isn't it amazing? You look at Joseph's life um, and um, it's uh, up and down, you know, I mean, just when things were going well, right? He went down, and then, and then it says when he when he went down in prison, falsely accused. Which um, and just just stop right there for a second. Falsely accused. I mean, I don't like that either. Um, I mean, I can take it if it's it's uh, truthfully accused, <laughs> you know. But um, when he was he went down into the prison, and then there was a ray of hope. Right? That he was going to get out because he helped the, the butler and the baker. And he says, remember me and all that. And it says two full years. They forgot him. You know, and the, the one that brings to remembrance is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the one that brings things to people's remembrance. And for whatever reason, the Holy Ghost was on vacation for two full years, it says. Right? Until then, then it says, the Bible says, then they brought Joseph up hastily. Um, you know, I, more and more, I think that the, only, the definition of growing up and maturity is just what it talks about in, um, in John 21, 
He says to Peter, when you're old, another's going to gird you. You're going to stretch out your arms. And he's going to carry you where you would not. And this carrying is a wonderful promise. But he gives us places where we have to be carried in order to get through. And uh, I had a great vision come to me one time. I mean, personal, unsolicited. And um, I actually was preaching about that scripture. This is a long time ago. And a vision came up and, and they, it was, uh, I was in the Lord's arms being carried. But I was stiff as a board and extremely uncomfortable. I knew that came from the devil. <laughs> but really the definition of, of uh, maturity is that you can stretch out your hands because it's an indication that God has brought you through the fire and the water and there's a trust that's worked in your heart. Uh, that God actually will carry you. And that's where we all are, somewhere along the line, where we actually feel okay again today, <laughs> stretching out our arms and allowing God to carry us, because he will. So thank you, Fabian. This must be demonstrated. God wants it real. He wants it real. It's not just something that we all we put those nice scriptures on the fridge. Um, 